What's going on? Welcome to the Ransomed Bodies Project. I am your host, Trent Harrison. I am the founder and CEO of Ransomed Bodies Training. This podcast is for those who want more out of their fitness journey and who are ready to unlock their fullest potential with their physique without cutting out your favorite carbs or eating within a four-hour window. You are going to learn how to turn your body into a fat-burning furnace and muscle-building machine. I am going to break down some of the biggest myths, controversies, and questions that you are facing right now that are stopping you from unlocking your best self. You ready? Let's get it. All right, so today we're doing a live Q&A. I'm answering all of your questions live. I want to make sure you guys are getting the most value possible. And so what I want to do is I really want to serve. And so one of my big things now is like, how can I solve your problems you're facing directly? And so if you're watching this on the live stream, drop your biggest challenges below in the comments. You literally have my brand. I'm literally going to answer your questions and give you as much value as I can. All right. So the first question comes from Mark. Mark says, what are some ideas for rest day exercises? Okay. So most People work out four to five times per week. That's pretty normal time to work out. So if you're working out four to five times per week, now you have two to three days of resting. This is something that my mindset has actually shifted with. And I guess you would say my beliefs. And that's actually something that's interesting too. Is like, you know, even as a fitness coach, I feel like my array of knowledge is pretty large in terms of my ability to know fitness information. And this is actually something that I would say is starting to shift for me over the last few months. And so I actually made a podcast a few months ago. I talked about the things in fitness that the things that I've changed my mind on in fitness. And I would say I'm in the middle of changing my mind with this right now in terms of my beliefs about rest days. And so this is kind of why I wanted to do this 60 day sweat equity challenge in the first place, because I found that when people are more consistent with their workouts, they're working out every single day or not even working out, but I'm just saying getting your body moving, being active seven days per week, they're more likely to stay consistent, you know, and it's on those rest days. And I've even found for myself on my rest days are my most difficult days mentally. They just are. They're my most stressful and overwhelming days, Fridays and Sundays. And so I was like, the only thing that I can that correlates to those two days is the fact that I don't work out. So I started to move my body. So on your rest days, I don't think you should lift weights seven days a week. That's 100% not going to ever change. I don't think anyone should lift weights seven days a week. I think you can get great results lifting weights three, four, even five times per week. I work out five times per week. I have plenty of clients that work out three times per week and they get great results. But on those rest days, absolutely, you should be doing something for your body. So here's what I recommend. The first option to do on your rest days is to do some type of low intensity cardio or movement. Okay. When you do low intensity cardio or movement, you're going to get your blood flowing. You're also going to be able to burn calories on that day. So you use that those days as a day of active recovery, right? So we have passive recovery and we have active recovery. I do believe on your rest days from the gym, you should be doing some type of active recovery. So active recovery could be like I did literally yesterday, went on a 45 minute walk with my family. Perfect. I literally had to push a stroller with 50 pounds in it, two kids, two babies in the stroller for 45 minutes. That was a workout. Active recovery. It's not taxing my nervous system. So you're not doing, you're not going on like a run. Active recovery, I wouldn't say is a run. I would say it's, it could be like a jog. It could be playing basketball. 
It could be doing something fun. It could be going on a hike, et cetera. It could be riding a bike. Those are great options for your active recovery days. Another thing you, you could want to do is focus on passive recovery. So passive recovery would be like stretching. Passive recovery would be like getting a massage done. And so what I like to do on my rest days is I'll do both active recovery, which will be some type of movement, a walk, riding my stationary bike, going on a bike ride, hike, et cetera, and passive recovery, which would be I'm doing some type of stretching to work on my weak points, all right? Another option, this is a bonus, is you could, if you really want to go to the gym, you're like, I love going to the gym. I feel amazing. Cool. Instead of going to the gym and doing an extra day for your weights, focus on your weak points. So some of the things that I would recommend someone, they're like, hey, I just love going to the gym. I love working out. Go to the gym and do abs. Go to the gym and do your calves. Go to the gym and do work on your grip strength and your forearms. Work on your weak points when you go to the gym, but don't do like chest. You know what I mean? How accurate are calories burned per day? I love this question. Calories burned per day are not accurate literally at all. <laughs> literally at all. And it's funny because if you guys, most people have an Apple Watch or something that they track calories on. Next time you go on the treadmill or whatever your machine is, the treadmill or the bike, I want you to do this. Do a calorie comparison. So look at the amount of calories your watch says you burned or your Fitbit says you burned versus the amount of calories that the treadmill says you burned or the Stairmaster says you burned. And I guarantee you they're not going to be the same number. You're like, I don't understand. I'm doing the same amount of work, but it's telling me I'm burning different calories. Number one, they're not accurate in terms of how many calories your body actually burns. A better way to track your calories burned is to track your overall calories burned throughout the day with the TDEE calculator, total daily energy expenditures. That's how I calculate calories for my clients, TDEE calculator, okay? So what I like to do is I like to calculate my total activity levels throughout an entire day. And so the way that you do this is you use the TDEE calculator, and that's gonna give you the average amount of calories you're burning per day, because it's different day to day. I think the problem with tracking the amount of calories you're burning is people get so fixated on that, when the reality is the amount of calories you burn in a workout only accounts for 5 to 15% of your total calories burned per day. When I learned that, that's in your TDE calculator. When I learned that the amount of calories you burn, you burn in a workout is only like 5 to 10%, there really is no point to even track it. Really isn't. You burn more calories digesting food per day than you do burning calories in the gym. Man, that's a sobering statistic. You do. TEF, thermic effect of feeding versus your active calories burned, your thermic effect of feeding, the amount of calories your body burns by digesting food. Did you know that? Did you know that when your body is digesting food, protein, carbs, fats, whatever you eat, like your stomach actually digesting it, it requires energy. It requires calories in order to digest the food. And statistically, it takes more calories to digest food than it does you actually working out in the gym and going on the Stairmaster and lifting weights. Man, that is a sobering statistic. And when I learned that, I was like, there's no point to track calories. There really isn't. I track my calories just to give me a good idea. Like I like to know where my heart rate's at. I like to know that my intensity levels are up. But in terms of like actually being like, oh, I burned 275 calories this workout. So now I can eat 275 calories. It doesn't work like that, okay? If my workout is three sets of 15, this is the next question. If the workout is three sets of 15, should I drop the weight to get the volume or should I lift as heavy as I can till failure? So one of the things that I like doing is I like looking at my sets in terms of rep range than an absolute number. So if you're doing three sets of 10, here's the danger with doing like three sets of 10 or something like that. Most people, when they do three sets of 10, 
they don't have good intensity either on the first two sets or the last set. So what I mean by intensity is they're not even close to failure, and then they end up ramping up the weights. You want to make sure all of your sets are close to failure. That's how you're going to grow. So what I like to do is think about my rep ranges as ranges, not absolute numbers. So if I have three sets of 15, I like to think three sets of 12 to 15 or three sets of like 14 to 16. That's how I think of it in my head. All right. That's how I think of it in my head. Because if I lift heavy weights and I only got 12 reps, but I was going for 15 and that 12 reps was failure, was that a good set? Yes. 100% it was. 100% it was. The thing that matters more than hitting the reps is your intensity level. So if you're going for a set of 10 and you only hit eight, but that eight was extremely difficult and your muscles are shaking and it took you like six seconds to finish the last rep, you barely got it up, You there's no way you could have done another rep, that is a better set than doing a set of 10 and being like, oh, I probably could have done three or four more. So always go for intensity over the actual numbers itself. Now, if you have a set of 15, but you only got eight, okay, then you probably should drop the weight the next set. That doesn't mean it was a bad set, but you should make an adjustment. So typically what I will do is I'll shoot for the number, and then if my if I, it was lower, let's say I hit 11, but I was going for 15, and I got another set left, I typically will drop the weight for that next set in order to get closer to the 15. But I don't have to hit that 15, I just have to train close to failure. Also, on the other end of the spectrum, let's say you hit 15, that doesn't mean the set's done, if you got more gas in the tank, you're like, I could do two more, then hit 17. Same thing with 10. Again, this is the danger with doing three sets of 10 for a lot of people if they don't have the right mindset. If you have three sets of 10, you get to the 10th rep and you got two or three more reps in the tank, hit 12, hit 13. Why are you holding yourself back? All right. All right. Next question. Joe asked, how effective is 12 incline with three speed of treadmill? There's nothing special with doing 12 incline on three speed treadmill. That's what I do. That is what I do for cardio. So if my body's special, then there you go. There's a secret. I've done a lot of different things for cardio. There is nothing special. Doing 12 incline for three isn't any better than doing the Stairmaster or the bike or whatever. The thing that's nice about doing 12 incline for three miles an hour is it just in my opinion, it's really easy on your joints. And it's super easy to do. So versus a Stairmaster is a little harder on your knees. It also can be taxing. And so I like doing the 12 incline for three miles an hour just because it's easier on my joints. And I just feel like when I do it, it's not hard to do. And I think most people could do it no matter what your injuries or age. Um, another thing you could do too is I'll do what I've been doing right now is I'll do 8.5 incline for 3.5 miles an hour. So if the 12 incline is too much for you, like sometimes, honestly, when I do on the treadmill, I, I like to be on my phone and respond to messages and I multitask. And so sometimes the 12 incline hurts my back a little bit. So I'll drop the incline down to like eight or 8.5 and go a little faster, 3.5. So just feel it out and see what works best for you. But there's no magic with it. The next question, how long do you have to be off of creatine before you are depleted and have to reload? I don't even think you have to deload and reload, Mark. I would just take the five grams. Only reason you have to load creatine is for it to work faster. So loading creatine, if you're not familiar with loading creatine, pretty much what that means is you're taking like a double or triple dose for seven days in a row in order for it to get fully saturated, fully absorbed in your muscles within seven days. If you don't load creatine, all that happens is instead of it taking seven days to fully get into your muscles, now it takes 21 days. Is the 14 days 
going to make that big of a difference? No, it, it doesn't make that big of a difference. So personally, I do not load creatine if I've been off it for a little bit. So like if I go on vacation for a week or two weeks and I didn't bring my creatine and I come back home, I don't take double or triple the dose for seven days. I just take it regularly five grams per day every day. And normally seven days of loading versus 21 days of not loading it is not a big difference. So I don't think anyone needs to load creatine. Just take the recommended dose every single day. And then last question, if you train with a friend one day, should you stay on your routine or is it okay to work something else for that day? I like this question because I think it's super practical. So let's say, for example, you did chest today and then tomorrow you plan on doing back and you go to work out with your friend tomorrow and he's like, hey, let's do legs. Yeah, do legs. Should you do double muscle, the same muscle back to back days? No, you should not do that. So if you hit chest today, and then your friend tomorrow's like, hey, let's hit chest. No, I would not recommend doing chest twice just to work out with your friend. I would go to the gym and do a different muscle group and then do abs with your friend or do cardio with your friend. You know what I mean? But I would not pretty much I would never train the same muscle back to back if I did a full workout. You could do it with two days rest. So let's say you did chest on a Monday and then you did back on a Tuesday and then Wednesday your friend's like, let's hit chest. That's fine. Even if you're still sore, give your muscles at least 48 hours to recover before you hit it again. But anything less than 48 hours, like 24-hour time frame, I would not recommend doing. All right, guys. I hope you got some value from the questions today. If you did, let me know. I would love to hear your feedback um, and your biggest takeaways. All right. Have the best day of your entire life. Go crush your workout. And I'll talk to you next time. Peace. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you got some value from this episode. If you would like to learn more about how I can help you lose your next 15 to 30 plus pounds, build muscle, and develop a healthy lifestyle, just DM me on Instagram at TrizzlemanFitness with the word transform, and I will reach out to you directly to see if I can help. I will see you on the next episode, and God bless.